Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours. My name is Simon Fink and I'm your host. On this podcast, we usually talk to guests about their songwriting craft and what they've been listening to. But today, we're talking about what we've all been listening to for the last 12 months. This is our year-end Best of 2022 episode. Now today, what the plan is, we're going through our top 15 records of the year, or my top 15 records of the year, sorry. I have to be very clear that the ranking for these 15 records has taken me a few months um, and those positions have changed multiple times. I was weighing up uh, whether to, you know, put albums that I thought were critically well-received but I didn't necessarily return back to for multiple listens and then I thought about putting my most played music for the year out as the list but I thought that wasn't kind of the best um, idea either. And then so what today's episode is, it's a little bit of a hybrid These records are ones from the year that really resonated with myself. Um, I believe they're all pretty good in a critiquing sense, um, but they're just records that I continued to come back to time and time again when I did have spare time to listen to music. As you can probably appreciate, (laughs) um, we at the podcast, we do listen to a lot of music and so sometimes we don't have, I guess, the space for an album to stick around as, as long as it's shorter, we don't have time to kind of really sit and, and um, marinate with a record. And so these were records that for whatever reason, for one reason or another, that they did manage to kind of stick in my brain somewhere and that I continue to come back to them time and time again. Uh, now, like any good list, please remember, this is just my opinion. These are subjective and they might differ from yours. But if you do have an opinion, please go onto our Instagram, follow the pod, and, um, and give us your recommendations for the year. I would love to see anyone's top five, top ten shared in the podcast. That's why we have this podcast is to talk to people about what music they listen to. Um, so please feel free to share your top five, top ten, whatever, in the comments uh, for the post of this episode on Instagram. Now, this year we were so spoiled for new music. It was so difficult to cut any form of list down to, to 15 records and I can appreciate that 15 is not a clean top 10, but I don't mind. I'm happy with 15. Um, just even having a look at the list of albums that were released this year by incredible artists. We had albums from people like Rosalia, Kendrick Lamar, Wetleg, Charlie XCX, Vera Blue, Marlon Williams, Denzel Curry, Soccer Mummy, so many more. Um, and I feel that there were, there were a smaller list of artists that released incredible records this year from my own personal a list of artists that I really, really appreciate, like Father John Misty, Maggie Rogers, Death Cab, Taylor Swift, Beach House. There was even a new Yeah, Yeah's record, I think the first in maybe nine years. All incredible records um, and they are not on this list. 
Um, there was just so much music this year. So not to give anything away, but if you've if you've just heard one of those artists, they're not going to be on this list, but they have all put out incredible records. So please go check them out in, in their own respect and give them their own time because they are brilliant pieces of work. So we are here now. We are counting down the top 15 records of the year. We're going to play some music from each artist where we can and we've got some very special guests joining us along the way. So let's let's kick this thing off. Let's start at number 15. At number 15, we've got Julia Jacqueline with Pre-Pleasure. Starting things off at number 15, Pre-Pleasure by Julia Jacqueline. It is our... Number 15 record for the year. It is the strongest body of work that Julia Jacqueline has put out in a while. And joining us to help kick things off today is Alexia. Please welcome her to the pod. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Going very well. How are you? Good, thank you. Happy to be here. We're very, very happy to have you here now. Um, thank you again for joining us. We are super stoked you're, you're joining us to talk about Julia Jacqueline and her record Pre-Pleasure. Do you remember your first introduction to to Julia Jacqueline? Yes. Um, So I, I, Crushing was like my favorite thing. It came out, I think I was like 19 when it came out, but before she kind of like broke through with that one. I remember she came to Adelaide. I'm from Adelaide and she came and did a little like gig at Summertown Studios here um, in Glenelg. And this was like, I think I was still in high school. This was like a solid five, six years ago. And I remember seeing her and she was just, she blew my mind. She was amazing. She had this rawness. She had this realness. Her songwriting was just impeccable. And that was, I was like, yep, I'm addicted. So that was my first introduction <laughs> to her. <laughs> I can appreciate that. I've, um, we are also an Adelaide based pod. Um, and so all her uh, interactions and, and gigs here have been, um, have been fantastic. I think, yeah, she toured crushing it jive last time as well and that was a really really good mm. gig that was amazing i remember that show jive jive's an institution man if someone's playing at jive you know it's going to be good exactly exactly so adelaide quick adelaide shout out for jive there um, with pre-pleasure um i guess there does seem to be like a newfound confidence in her songwriting not that she wasn't confident before but i feel like it's slightly framed differently this time around um when when you got your hands on the record, when you got your hands on pre-pleasure, what were your I guess your first initial thoughts on this on this album? I loved that she changed up the kind of theme of it because crushing I loved crushing crushing seems so much more hopeful and like bright than pre-pleasure. I love how she talks about love, but like all different types of love. She's got like you know sexual love, your self love, um, relationshipy love. Um, I was just obsessed with it. I think the first track I had was I Was Neon when that came out before. And I just, the instrumentation, I really love her instrumentation on this album. It's a lot, I don't know, it's not too different. It's still that rocky kind of thing, but I feel like it's a bit more, has a bit more depth than Crushing in this one. Um, But yeah, I love how she kind of, especially like when she talks, she talks a lot about religion in this one. (laughs) I don't know if that's just me, but I'm getting like religious undertones, um, which I love. 
uh, I went, I, I went to a Dominican Catholic school myself and it is such a real thing. Like sexual repression in, um, education is such a thing, especially religious education. And I love how that was explored on this record. Cause like I, hands down, I vibe with that. That is a very near and dear thing to me. Um, so I really liked how this kind of had a bit more breadth than crushing, but crushing is still like an amazing, amazing album, still amazing body of work. I would agree. I think there is, for anyone who maybe did attend a, a Catholic school in Australia, there are tones or even little bits and pieces of this record that I think you might, not that you wouldn't pick up on, but I think that might hit differently or might <laughs> just kind of hit in a different spot of the heart. Um, yeah. I know it's always an unfair question to ask. Is there a favourite track off this record or at least a favourite track today? Today? Um, ignore Tenderness, maybe, I think. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, or yeah, actually, Ignore Tenderness today, but Too In Love To Die. That's, I love, I don't know how, like, she did it, but just the story of literally being too in love that you can't be killed. I love that. I think that's a massive slave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's such a cool, <laughs> cool idea. Um, but ignore tenderness. I feel like, especially with the whole like sexual repression, that one hits very close to home for me, at least. I think it's a really cool way of looking at that problem. I I think that track is brilliant. And the, even the, um, the, the sonics on that one as well, there is this beautiful kind of um, almost like, not orchestration, but what is it? There's a certain word for it, and I know that I'm going to, to have a mental <laughs> um, Like at, arrangement? At point, so I, yeah, let, let's, let's go with the arrangement for it. It's a beautiful arrangement. Mm, it's gorgeous. I love I love how, like, she, she'll be, like, so quiet one section and then the chorus hits and it's just like, bam, it's massive. There's such a big, like, contrast in all of her songs, and I really, I think that's such a cool thing because it, like, it just jumps out at you. I would agree with that, and I... I almost kind of want to turn that into now we are going to have a very quick chat about your debut single, which is has just come out. It is called Fern. It is an absolutely brilliant track. Um, the songwriting on this is gorgeous. And I Thank feel that you. I'm not... No, of course. I feel like I'm not alone in my thoughts here. I've seen so much praise and hype around this. How are you feeling now that it's come out? grateful that really grateful that people are really liking it and and vibing with it I didn't really expect anything to come of this single um I I had this song written for about probably a year I wrote this in my bedroom in my old share house um and it was just me you know it was a silly little love song about me reminiscing about this girl that I had a massive thing for in high school and that's all it was supposed to be. It wasn't supposed to be anything um, anything huge or anything like that. But it's really warmed my heart to see that people have, you know, gotten around it and have had similar experiences to me, pining for someone that doesn't know you exist. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been great. Overwhelming, but really, really fun. I feel like that, that, that um, the emotion of the song does come across and it does seem to be connecting with people in that way. Um, can we expect, I know we're kind of getting a little bit too far into it and we are only chatting for a few minutes today, but can we expect more music from you next year and possibly to get you back on the podcast in a, in a proper full episode for yourself capacity? Absolutely. Um, yes, I am 
I've just been, work's finally finished for me, which is great. So I have all the time in the world to write and I've got a million songs on the back burner that I've written mm-hmm. in the past like couple years that I haven't really touched. So definitely expect more music, possibly early next year, which will be very fun and exciting and cool. Um, and yeah, I'd love to be back on and discussing more cool albums that I love with you guys. Beautiful. Look, Alexia, thank you very much for joining us today and chatting about Julia Jacqueline. Thank you so much for having me. At number 14, we've got Angel Olsen with Big Time. you're probably going to notice a lot of these records are somewhat focused around a female identifying artist with a guitar. If you follow this pod regularly, that honestly shouldn't come at any surprise. We do love a strong female identifying persona with a guitar. Um, Angel Olsen is an incredible artist and someone who I think has been making brilliant music since 2011 with her, um, her first EP, Strange Cacti. I think the thing I love about Angel Olsen is that she consistently reinvents herself. There's nothing that is the same about each record. Um, there are some records that I think resonate with some people more than others and some people, you know, everyone has their own different entry point into Angel Olsen, I've found. Um, her record from, I think it's 2016, My Woman is brilliant and uh, she's continued to kind of change her sound with each record. There's garage rock, there's um, baroque pop, There's everything in between. And for this record, for big time, Angel leaned heavily into alt country or kind of country music of days gone by, like really traditional kind of stuff, like we're talking Hank Williams or Emmylou Harris. And it's not just these sonics of big time that landed on this list. This record packs such an emotional punch that's wrapped up in this beautifully packaged, like, I want to say like they're like dive bar ballads. Um, In 2021, at the age of 34, Angel, she made the huge step of coming out uh, to the world and to her parents as a queer woman. And then three days later, her father passed away. And then two weeks later, her mother passed away. It was only a few weeks after that she recorded big time and started writing these songs and recording these songs. And you can tell, and I mean that as a kind of a positive note as much as that can be, this record deals with love, with loss, with freedom and self-love and grief in such a beautiful way. Um, And I think, yeah, I look forward to how Angel Olsen will surprise us with her next record. This track is All The Good Times. Number 13, it's The Weeknd with Dawn FM. Honestly, The Weeknd maybe had one of the biggest records of 2020 with After Hours. Blinding Lights was everywhere throughout the pandemic and it took Abel to the Super Bowl and continued to kind of cement his superstar status in the musical history books. And I think after that, a lot of people were wondering what he would do next. And I don't think that Dawn FM was kind of on their cards, on their bingo cards, if you will. Um, It's kind of like a 
essentially like a semi-concept record about the journey through purgatory to death and framed as like an easy listening radio station where Jim Carrey is one of the hosts, which I realise even as I say that as a sentence, it sounds dumb. It makes no sense, but I'm not telling any lies. We will play a little bit of a snippet right here so you can kind of get an understanding of what I'm talking about. Scared? Don't worry. We'll be there to hold your hand and guide you through this painless transition. But what's the rush? Just relax and enjoy another hour of commercial free music on 103.5 Don FM. Stay tuned. Now, while previous outings from the weekend have been concerned with the more, I would say, like hedonistic aspects of life, Dawn FM seems to be focused on what's happening after that. And I think that is part of its strength. It's his most ambitious record. um, And it's honestly the best he's put out in years. And that is obviously still including the success of After Hours. Um, Sonically, like this record, uh, Abel continues to make music that is heavily inspired by like 70s and 80s disco and pop and everything else. And he seems to make it his own weird version of like psychedelic pop and disco and if you've got like Michael Jackson, Daft Punk, um, fans of Depeche Mode, like people, if you like those albums, you will love this record. It sounds like that these kind of, these tracks that he's put onto Dawn FM are simply deep cuts that were lost in a different alternate universe from those other artists. Um, Let's give a little bit of a listen to Sacrifice. Number 12, we have Charlie Hickey with Nervous at Night. Like an Indian doctor advocating for good posture Who would overdose on clonopin next year this time? Listeners of this podcast would know that we are big fans of Phoebe Bridges. I don't really feel comfortable calling us Phoebes or Fabs or whatever her <laughs> fan group is called because I don't think I can pull it off as an as an older man. But um, we will gladly say that we worship at the altar of Satisfactory Records, which is her record label. Now, Satisfactory released some of the best records this year and one of them was Nervous at Night by Charlie Hickey. Um, the very quick version of their backstory is that Charlie met Phoebe when they were in their early teen years and they became friends and worked on songwriting together um, and since then have collaborated on a handful of different songs. Now, Charlie um, has a slight less melancholic sound than Phoebe but um, does sing with the same kind of conviction and emotion and maybe a little bit more twee um, than, than Phoebe emotes across. This record, Nervous at Night, kind of chronicles the anxiety of growing up and, you know, subsequently being stuck in that awkward stage between adulthood and adolescence. Um, and it was produced by Marshall Vaughan, who is Phoebe's drummer, and the, the record is beautifully kind of measured that there are synths and strings and a few other little production tricks here and there, but at the core of this record it is Charlie and his guitar at the heart of it, and I think that is what plays into its strength. Um, it's a beautiful record. And we'll play a little bit of the title track, Nervous at Night. Sure sure 
Number 11, it's Ethel Kane with Preacher's Daughter. I was watching a video from YouTuber Mike the Snare. Now, if you don't follow Mike, please pause this podcast, go and follow him. Has a lot of great musical insight, a lot of great music reviews, deep dives, everything. If you enjoy music and you're listening to this podcast, I kind of imagine that you do, please, yeah, go follow Mike the Snare because he does some incredible work. But in one of his reviews, he mentioned that Ethel Kane was the Americana version of Phoebe Bridges. And I think that even at the end of that one sentence, I knew I had to go check it out. While I feel some of that statement rings true, I would actually say that a more apt descriptor would be that Ethel is more like a farm gothic Lana Del Rey, if that makes sense. This record, Preacher's Daughter, is beautiful and expansive and haunting all at the same time. Doing a little bit of further research, Ethel Kane is the alter ego of Hayden and Adonia. And the story around this record is apparently Hayden was possessed by a woman called Ethel Kane, and that this record is chronicling her downfall from a highly conservative religious background. And then the record kind of it delves into these incredible subject matter that is drug addiction, kidnapping, um, prostitution, and then the murder of said. Ethel Kane character um, and kind of ends with her being eaten by a cannibal husband. So it is an odd sounding record, but it is wild. It's definitely worth your time um, and we'll play. I think this single American teenager is not kind of indicative of what the rest of the record sounds like. The rest of the record is quite haunting and this single doesn't quite fit in, but it is a brilliant track. So we're going to play it anyway. This is American Teenager. It's the Beths with Expert in a Dying Field. Are there bands that you love that you came to somewhat late in the game that you maybe didn't click with until album three or four, whatever it may be? I do feel slightly foolish, but I admit that that was me with the Beths. I know that they've released a handful of records. I think that uh, only one or two tracks from their previous record, um, Jump Rope Gazers, but I had not invested myself properly. And I think when Expert in a Dying Field came out, I thought, oh, sure, this is, you know, the same band from before um, and part of my language, but I think I did not realise what a fucking idiot I was. Um, this record is power pop at its finest. I honestly, I honestly do believe that older millennial folks who are looking for indie rock or what they remember as indie rock or whatever it may be, straightforward indie Power Pop, this record is for you. This is what you're searching for. The songwriting is sharp. The sonics are bright. And while somewhat sugary, it's never kind of saccharine. The lyrics of this record are dealing with anxiety and neurosis of, of everyday normal life and kind of just getting by. Um, the 
New Zealand four-piece really know their way around harmonies and brilliant hooks. And I think that now having gone back and revisited Jump Rope Gazers in their first record, I think this is possibly the best showcase of what the Beths can do. So um, this track that we're going to listen to is Knees Deep. Number nine, it's Harry Styles with Harry's House. To discuss Harry's House, please welcome back to the pod, Siobhan Cochin. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm doing good. Doing very good. <laughs> that is very well to uh, that is very good to hear. Um, now before we started recording, I want to let people know because there isn't going to be any video for this episode, but um, I do want to mention that you are wearing a Harry Styles t-shirt while we, while we conduct this. Uh, yes. Yes, of course. <laughs> I have to get in the zone, you know, I have to get my Harry on. I can, I can very much appreciate that. The, what is it? The, is it Harry's? I never, under- I, I think, yeah, I think they're called Harry's and I am one of them. It's true. Nothing wrong with that. I would. <laughs> I don't have a t-shirt yet, but I'm not against it, so I'll I'll sort that out. But um, thank you very much for talking <laughs> about Harry's house with us. Um, I of wanted course. to kind of I begin with. <laughs> have you always been a, a Harry Styles fan? Was it Harry himself, or were you always a One Direction a, a directioner as well? I was a One D girl, <clears throat> and then when he put out his first record, I was just like obsessed, like. He's just, oh, I just, I just love him. Honestly, his music is just, it just <laughs> is so special to me. And yeah, he's just great. He is, he does seem to be um, an absolutely charming musician. I think that even though he might not have the the world's greatest range or like, it, it, there's nothing that's, I have to be very careful with my words here, um, the crazy spectacular about his voice, he still His conviction and his love you can kind of see in his performance as well. I think that's what it is. Like you can just tell that he loves it and he has so much passion and it's like what he was meant to do. And, um, Mm. yeah, I love that. 100%, 100%. There seems to be in Harry's house there's almost like a a new confidence, I want to say, that there's he's Mm. kind of levelled up again. The the scatting in um, music for a sushi restaurant Chef's kiss, no pun yes. intended. Um, but w- w- <laughs> so I guess good. for you, what were some of the maybe strongest songwriting uh, on this record? Matilda is such a gorgeous song. I actually can't listen to it because it's like makes me really emotional. <laughs> um, I, I really love this. I love that there's so much light and shade on the record. Like, I, I mean, I'm always a sucker for like a softer moment on an album like I love so Matilda I love Boyfriends Mm -hmm. oh my god (laughs) did he have to do that he did it anyway um but I I just love all the sounds I think he's he's just having so much fun and you can tell like I feel like um music for sushi restaurant um late night talking 
Um, cinema is one of my favourites. It's just really funky and it's, like, fun and it's cool and I think it's really different from what a lot of people are doing in in pop music at the moment. I think mm. it sounds nostalgic as well. I feel like, yeah, it just it sounds like a, it's going to be a classic. Like, it's it's timeless, all the sounds that he's been using. Yes, 100%. The, I love as well... Um, which one? I think it is Boyfriends where he seems to also be able to unite generations of different musicians and everything else. I think the fact that he's this year shared the stage with like Lizzo, Shania Twain, but then Ben Harper is on Boyfriends. Is that right? He's yeah. on Boyfriends or Matilda, one of the two. Yeah. I think I think it's Boyfriends, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's so crazy. He just, he, he gets around. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean like that. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> no, but nothing wrong with that either. I, I'll <laughs> exactly. Um, oh my god, I would, I, I would love to hear a song written by Shania and Harry. That would be awesome. I, w- I need him to enter his country era, like properly, <laughs> his country pop era. I think that would. I would love to hear that as well, and I think that would bode very well for yourself. I want to have a little chat about what you've going on as well. Um, we will come back to Harry's house very quickly, but for yourself, you've recently released How Does It Feel, which is a brand new single. It is going gangbusters. Yeah. Firstly, congratulations on that. <laughs> Thank you. It's been, yeah, I'm just so glad to have it out in the world and I'm just really glad that people like it. That's all that matters really. <laughs> Well, it, it does seem to be getting a great reception. Um, literally days ago, uh, days ago, yes, days ago, it was announced that you'll be playing Laneway next year along with, um, who have we got? Phoebe Bridges, Phineas, a number of other acts, which is incredibly exciting. Congratulations on that. I know. Thank you. Oh, my God. I still, every time somebody comes up and talks to me about it, I can't, I get so overwhelmed because I'm like, Phoebe Bridges, Phoebe Bridges, that's it. Mm. I I can't. It's so overwhelming and exciting. Yeah, I um yes, anyone who listens to this podcast, I think your love for Harry or Taylor might be equivalent to to mine for Phoebe, so I I would be the same I have kind of the situation. Same as love. Oh, I think ta- like Taylor and Phoebe are like neck and neck Ooh. like Phoebe's huge for me. Like I love her. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And they're like best friends. So if I am if I meet Phoebe Bridges, that means that I'm best friends with Taylor Swift. So, uh, 100%. What if it be um, <laughs> seven degrees of separation? You're literally one degree of separation away. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed right now. <laughs> Not at Delusion. all. I'm very Delusion. excited. <laughs> I'm very excited to hear... Um, what happens at Laneway and how you go. I'm going to be checking in after you play to see if there was any any connection with Phoebes. Um, uh, look, I know it's a very unfair question to ask. If if you were to pick one favourite track from Harry's House that people should check out, what would you highlight as that one track? I think cinema. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I love, I love that song. It's so like... I feel like it it captures the vibe of the whole record quite perfectly. It's very like it's like mellow and it's funky and it's just the songwriting is like weird. His lyrics are so strange. Um <laughs> and I think I think it's just a perfect it just captures him perfectly. I love that song. It's my favorite, I think. It is a brilliant song. I think that's a brilliant choice. Um, thank you very much for joining us on the pod and having a chat about Harry's house. We are very excited to um, have you back on next year when there's uh, for a proper full episode when we've possibly got some new music, maybe. 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 I actually did just <laughs> um, uh, record a new song, so and I'm doing a video for it. So. Very exciting. It's very different from very what exciting. I've been doing. So, yeah. Oh, that is exciting. We'll, we'll keep our ears peeled for that and have you back on when that does come out. But yeah, thank you again for coming on the pod. Thanks for having me. All right. Seems like we've waited long enough. Let's talk Beyonce. On stage rocking out the crazy Coco Flola 1980s. Come let's still I drop lazy. None of that maybe energy. Energy. At number eight, we have Beyonce with Renaissance. Now, Beyonce returned in early June of this year with the news that we would be blessed with a brand new record from B, the seventh record from her. And then later that month, we had the lead single, Break My Soul, which is still an absolute track. Um, And in late July, the world was gifted renaissance. Beyonce came out saying that the pandemic changed her perspective of music and that she'd always been forward focused on her legacy and now kind of wanted to focus on making music that brought her joy. Um, Renaissance, I think caught everyone as a maybe just a tiny slight left turn for her um, because they weren't expecting this exact kind of sonic shift. The record itself and its sonics focus a lot on 1970s dance music and club culture. And Beyonce has spoken about in in a few interviews how she was wanting to pay homage and and honour the pioneers from those genres, especially the black and queer community within those genres and the pioneers that kind of brought this music to the forefront, she uh, has dedicated the record to her uncle Johnny, who she says helped raise her and her sister until unfortunately he passed away during the AIDS pandemic. 
and um, I do implore you, there are multiple think pieces on this record. You're not going to get the most comprehensive thoughts on Renaissance from me. There are people who are way more articulate and more well-spoken than myself um, online, so please have a look for a number of those. But in regards to Renaissance, this this record is both forward-facing and it looks to the past at the same time. It never seems to fall deeply into one over the other. Um, I think it's also one of the best mixed and engineered records you'll listen to this year. So please put it on in the club, put it on in the car, but also if you have a good set of headphones, please listen to it on that as well because it is a beautiful sounding record. Um, There's been a lot spoken about the various songwriters on this record and crediting. We're not going to get into that. We are going to enjoy the record for what it is. It's been all over TikTok, so you've probably already heard this song but it is popular for a reason. It is a great song. We're going to listen to Cuff It. At number seven, it's Big Thief with Dragon New Warm Mountain, I Believe in You. Big Thief have always been known for their own unique kind of take on indie folk and indie rock, but I honestly think Dragon New Warm Mountain seems to find them at their most kind of in tune and almost in sync. Um, It is a double album and it comes in at over 20 tracks with a runtime of close to 90 minutes, so it might not be the most approachable record, but it oddly really never overstays its welcome. Um, Adrian Lenker and the guys from Big Thief have always kind of um, leaned into their weirdness as like a badge of honour and and I think that you can hear that spread across this record. There are tracks um, like Time Escaping and Simulation Swarm that sound absolutely joyful and then tracks like the title track and Promises a Pendulum, which um, is probably the closest to traditional folk that Big Thief will sound. It's still not traditional folk, but it's probably the closest that you'll ever hear this group do. Um, The record was recorded in over four different sessions over different locations. And again, I think, yeah, it's the most expansive, but they just seem to have clicked with one another. Um, And it is really the sound of four friends making incredible folk music. Uh, This track that we're going to play is Spud Infinity. When I say celestial, I mean extraterrestrial. six, it's Gang of Youths with Angel in Real Time. Earlier we spoke about being late to the party with the Beths and I have to admit that the same is somewhat true about Gang of Youths. I got into Gang of Youth about midway through their touring of Go Father in Lightness. Now, I was aware of the Positions record and Poison Drum um, and kind of what it stood for, but I think it was the second record that really clicked with me in terms of me finding my own piece of the record that was mine, if that makes sense. Um, Earlier this year, we were meant to have the band on the pod and it never kind of quite eventuated, 
but it meant that I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to listen to Angel in real time a few months prior to its release and having this record and what it means, which I'll go into in a second, and not really being able to talk about it for a little while was a really special experience because I feel like I was able to really click with Gang of Use for the first time properly on my own and have these songs kind of soak in. Now, for those who are unaware, frontman Dave Leo Pepe lost his father to cancer after that second record that we just mentioned. And after the passing of his father, Dave discovered a number of family secrets that were kind of hidden away, that that his father wasn't half white but was Samoan, that he had lied about his age, I think he was about 10 years older, um, but that he also had a previous family in New Zealand so that Dave had brothers that he was not aware of. Now, Angel in Real Time is the processing of those life changes and it is a record that is honest, it is earnest, it is beautiful and heartbreaking in parts and very real in parts. Gang of Youth are known for their arena-style indie rock songs and while some of these songs venture slightly outside of that, um, like The Kingdom Is Within You, it doesn't really ever sound out of place. I think that Angel in Real Time, I would say, is an Australian classic that would be revisited for years to come and I wanted to play one of the lesser-known tracks. It's not a single, um, but I think it kind of encapsulates the record's the whole record's message in one song. We're going to play the track, Brothers. And when he died, she and her husband stayed To keep my mother company And even though it fucked them up a lot They did a better job than me At number five, we have Moona with their self-titled record. Earlier in the episode, we spoke of Satisfactory Records and how Nervous at Night was one of the best releases of the year. This self-titled record from Moona was probably the best thing that Satisfactory put out. It is the third record from the Los Angeles trio and I honestly believe it might hold the title for most pop anthems held in one batch of songs for 2022. Uh, The album is a bit of a rebirth for Moona, both in the sense of that they were previously dropped by their major label and then scooped up by Phoebe to join Satisfactory, but it seems like it's also a bit of a rebirth in the sense of the songwriting and the sonics of this record seem to have evolved to a version two of Moona, if you will. These songs are unabashedly joyous and they celebrate the expression of queer love in a way that I think is rarely heard on record. Um, We were very lucky to speak to all the band members earlier this year, Katie, Naomi and Josie, um, about the record and even they talked about how this was them taking that next step forward. Um, The Sonics, as with previous Moona records, still pack a punch with lots of dance floor kind of ready anthems that will still make you cry. Um, we spoke to the band when they were on the pod about this track and made a few equestrian jokes, which will make sense if you've listened to the lyrics, uh, but this track is anything but me. It's 
fly with us with Overgrown. If you listen to this podcast regularly, then you'll already be aware of Sly Withers, the Perth four-piece that is made up of Jono, Sam, Joel and Shay. They released their third studio record this year and it really appears that the success of Gardens made an impression on the band. Overgrown appears to be the spiritual successor to that second record, but it sonically just sees them taking much bigger swings this time around and I think that the record just is all that much better for it. If, um, if Gardens was dealing with your early 20s and, and the everyday life that you face. Overgrown is about what comes next in your mid-20s and kind of the continuing steps forward into adulthood, I would say. It tackles issues like mental health, growing apart from loved ones um, and attempting to do better and becoming an adult. The, the band uh, were on the pod this year as well. Uh, they were telling us that they worked with Dave Parkinson for the record, who has worked with bands like Spacey Jane. And the growth in sound is evident on this record. We discussed the strings in Don't Want to Leave with Jono and Sam when they appeared on the podcast and how it kind of sounds to the record. And it really does make me excited to see how Sly do tackle that next record that might be the entry into the 30s um, but I think that this record is a beautiful step forward in their catalogue and we're going to play the track something we at number three it's the 1975 with being funny in a foreign language we're at our number three record for the year it is the 1975 with being funny in a foreign language and joining us we have the lovely sam blivich from sly withers sam hello hey mate how you going i'm very well thank you how are you good thanks good yeah Thank you very much for once again coming, once again coming onto the pod to uh, to chat to us. A pleasure. Is this is this three and a half or is this four? How do we count it? Oh, yeah. This this might be a point five, which we'll I'll Sick. try and catch. I'm happy John with that. at some point, so we can. Yeah, no, it, that's all right. We'll, we'll even <laughs> it out at some point. Get him to, on to talk about like Olivia Rodrigo or something at some point. He he's got a lot to say there. <laughs> that's that is very true. I know we've spoken to him about. Uh, Taylor Swift and Olivia, so maybe I'll, I'll, I'll pull them on for yeah. another episode. <laughs> um, Sam, very quickly, before we get into the 1975, I want to address the album that we've just spoken about on the pod. It was from your band. It was Sly Withers with Overgrown. Congratulations on the success of Overgrown because um, I know we only spoke a few months ago, but it seems like the album is once again for yourselves going uh, gangbusters. Thank you, man. Yeah, Um it's super cool. It's super lovely to have it out there. It's super lovely that people like it. Um, yeah, it's it's nice. It's nice to have it out in the world and it's been going great. Yeah, thank you very much. No, of course. Of course, it is a brilliant album and hence why it was in our top four. Um, you very kindly agreed to come on and talk about the 1975 for us. Um, have you always been a fan of Maddie Healy and the boys from Manchester? I think I was a kind of like a semi-recent convert, I think like they were, when they kind of kicked off in like 
I want to say like 2013 or so, I think there was a few people around me that were kind of really into it. And there was a couple songs that I like pricked my ears up to, like stuff like chocolate and stuff, like the really like obvious bangers that have some <laughs> guitars in them. Um, but then I kind of didn't really pay much attention. And then when Brief Inquiry came out, the third record, um, yeah. I just got so deep into that. And like, yeah, me and Shay, especially from Sly, um, would just like watch like hours and hours of interviews of Maddie talking about all the songs and like that he did all these like crazy, like hour long track by track breakdowns on that record and just got very deep and kind of, yeah, became a very big fan of the art of it all. I think there's some really, really cool stuff going on musically and like songwriting wise. And yeah, it's such a, such an intriguing band, you know, like who else is like them? <laughs> They, I would agree with that. They are very unique, and and he does seem like um, quite the character in terms of like how he approaches what he does for a job in a way, and, and songwriting and everything else like that. Um, have you seen? I'm not sure if you're on TikTok. Actually, I know that. I think I do follow you on TikTok. Um, have you seen <laughs> some of the uh, the antics from the most recent tour? Like the, I have indeed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like the. Um, the push-ups and the raw steak and the, yeah, it's pretty hectic. Exactly, exactly. Look, hopefully, oh, I'm not sure whether we'll see any antics like that, like auto-tune or kissing fans uh, on a Sly with his tour, but um, we'll, we'll wait and see <laughs> from that. Um, <laughs> I want to do that menthols bit so hard, like that <laughs> auto-tune thing, even if it's just for between song banter, like if I have a pedal that I can kick it on and the only time you hear that auto-tune thing is just the between song banter, that would be sick. I would, I would love that. Uh, let's get let's get that sorted out for you guys. Let's sort something out to make that happen. Um, <laughs> is there any track for yourself that kind of jumps out on this record? Um, on first listen, Wintering got me. Mm-hmm. I think um, it has a kind of like... Yeah, I think I think the, the day the record came out, I played it through a couple of times and then I would just, I think I just listened to Wintering like 48 times in a row the next day or something. But <laughs> yeah, something about like the, I don't know, it's got, it's got a kind of like sentimentality to it. And uh, <clears throat> it's like, is it a Christmas song? I don't know. I feel like it kind of is. Yeah. And I have a very soft spot for that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's It just really kind of, it hit me in the feels the way I like songs hitting me in the feels, like talking about family and like really going like specific into the details of like whether this is his actual family or not, you know, like just it painted this very vivid picture of what like family means at a certain time of year or whatever. And that kind of commitment, I'll be home on the 23rd, et cetera. Um, but honestly, I could probably talk about all the songs um, any day of the week. My mind would probably change on what's favorite. <laughs> Um, I think it's, I think it's really cool and it's diverse as hell. Like it's, and it's, and it's diverse in a way that's like, it's not diverse like the last record or the record before, which at times kind of like went so diverse that things kind of almost started to feel a little unfocused. Whereas this record is like diverse, but so focused and it feels so intentional and it feels so like perfectly curated. Like I think, Jack Antonov might be on some secret sauce there. I think there's there's a good little good little combo going on there, maybe. But yeah, I yes, I would agree. Um, what was um, is it notes on a conditional form? Is that the last one? The last one, yeah. 
Yeah, that one, it did just seem like they were reaching for too many different kind of textures or ideas and that kind of didn't... It, it, it was a good record yeah. that could have been cut down quite a bit. For sure. Like, like it's, it's like... It's like that was all of the records they possibly, all the songs they could possibly record for the record. Mm-hmm. And because they run their own label, no one told them to cut <laughs> 25% of them out and they just put them all out. Like, I, I feel like that record probably could have been pretty similar in its kind of scope and, uh, like, in its focus to this one if it was condensed down by like 25% or so. Cause, like, there's some bloody tunes on that too. And it's kind of similar in the way that it's got, like, the real like pop bangers with some sax and dance vibes. And then it's got like the acoustic ballads and then, you know, like I I feel like maybe there is a world where these two records, those two records aren't as different as they actually ended up being. Maybe. I would agree with that. I can see that. I think that's probably a very good point. I think this album, it's, it's executing the ideas that they have in probably the best way that they've done it since maybe brief inquiry. For sure. Um, <laughs> for sure, for sure, yeah. Uh, in terms of Sly, um, what can we expect for 2023? Is there anything that you want to let people know at this point or are we in for some surprises in the new year? I don't know how much I can say, but I know that, like, we're going to be on the road a lot. So save up your pocket money, get ready to buy some tickets. Um <laughs> There's some, there's some really, 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 really exciting things being discussed at the moment and being planned that I can't fully talk about, but I think one of them I'll be able to talk about in about a week, I think, and that's going to be really cool and really special. And particularly like diehard Sly fans, I think are going to love the shit out of that thing that is going to get announced. And then I think maybe in a couple more months, there might be another very special thing that gets announced. But, um, but yeah, stuff's happening. Get ready. Buckle up. (laughs) We will keep our eyes peeled. I'm sure that anyone who's listening to this does already follow the pod and knows that we're all across most of the things that Sly do anyway. So they'll be hearing from us regardless on what this news is. But that's very exciting to hear, Sam. Thank you for coming on to chat about the 1975 and Sly. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Simon. Really appreciate it. I get home on the 23rd. Number two, it's Barty's Strange with Farm to Table. We should go to Toronto more often. I never want to see this place. I never want to burn down like that. Sometimes I feel just like my death. Barty's Strange has to be one of my favourite people to have researched this year. We were lucky enough to have him on the podcast in support of this brilliant record and his story is incredible. I won't harp on his background too much, but it's worth doing your research on this gentleman. He was a previous Obama era press secretary turned indie rock God. And it is, yeah, brilliant story. Have a look um, at his background, but farm to table is, it is basically Barty's expanding and opening up what he introduced to us on his first record, which is, uh, which was titled live forever. As we discussed with him on the podcast, uh, his solo project seems to kind of have no limitations when it comes to genres. 
with this record really covering the whole gamut. There's punk, indie, country, emo and rap all within the space of 34 minutes. It is a wild record. It is um, Barty's really coming to terms with his life now that the first record was so well received and Farm to Table just seems to cover like a lot of different subject matter. There's a track called Cosines which basically has him discussing how he went from being no one to having a friendship with Justin Vernon and Phoebe Bridges and Courtney Barnett. Um, Hold the Line is a touching track that reflects on George Floyd and and everything that took place there. Um, And other tracks across the record seem to confront topics like uh, guilt and depression and politics and, and his own youth. I think one of the main highlights, Wretched, sees the verse built over a quiet guitar line talking about his friends who stood by him during difficult times and then when that chorus hits it it just explodes into a soaring wall of sound and synths and guitars it is brilliant it was one of my most revisited tracks this year um his musical versatility appears to be one of the things that people love about Bartiz, and we absolutely look forward to what he does next so let's take a listen to wretched Number one, it's Lizzie McAlpine with five seconds flat. You got a Slurpee for free. I caught you looking at me in the 7-Eleven under fluorescent lights. Uh, We are now here at our number one album of the year. It is Lizzie McAlpine with Five Seconds Flat. And to talk about it, we have our last year number one, Begin to Look Around by Greta Ray. Greta Ray joins us now. Hello, Greta. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm so good. I'm very excited to talk about this record. (laughs) So am I, and I very much appreciate you coming on. Uh, I know that you and I messaged a little bit over Instagram this year about Lizzie and that is what I'm not going to be I'll be honest gave me the idea to get you back on um but I was hoping yeah to discuss do you remember your first interaction or your where you first came across Lizzie yes I do actually um okay so I was doing how do I explain this I used to do this <laughs> thing on Instagram during the lockdown eras Um, where I would review albums. Um, It was a very long process, but we had the time and I used to do them like every other week. Um, And then I stopped doing them in the year of 2021. And then I, people were saying that they, I think because we went back into a few lockdowns, unfortunately, and they were like, you're going to do album reviews. And I was promoting my record at the time. And so I didn't quite have the time to do that full process again, but I got people to send in songs that they'd been listening to. And then I reviewed 10. So I essentially kind of did like the same thing, but instead of it being an album of my choice, it was like what people were listening to. So it was nice because I got to find out some new music. And in this case, I got to be introduced to Lizzie. Um, so 
I got sent, oh, which song was it? Um, oh, Let Light Be Light. I got sent that one by someone. And so that's on like an acoustic EP of hers. So this is pre five seconds flat days, obviously. Um, and I listened to this voice and these lyrics and I was like, hold on, this has been happening and I haven't known anything about it. <laughs> like, I was like, this is insane. I was just like, Wait, yeah, one of those moments where you find an artist project and you're like, where has this been my whole life? Um, and I was just obsessed. I was hooked. And then I think I followed her on Instagram and TikTok and found out that we kind of have some mutual connections, I suppose. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. Because I'm, I'm friends with Bruno Major, um, who is on the same kind of management roster as Lizzie. Um, and so I remember being in London and asking him about Lizzie. I was like, oh my God, this person, like she's just so amazing. <laughs> um, and yeah, that, that was, that's the long story <laughs> of how I found out who Lizzie McAlpine is. It's going to be so hard for me to give concise answers. I'm so sorry. But when I talk about someone else's music, like it's just flow state. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I would rather that than the very short and um, concise answer. So, so thank you for the long answer. Um, I would agree. I think there is something beautiful about the intricate nature of her songwriting and how she builds some of these worlds. Um, and I think that that's evidenced mm-hmm. very well on Five Seconds Flat. For yourself, is there, and it's always such a silly question to ask, but is there a key track or a favourite track of yours from this record? Or at least from today, it's your favourite track. Today? <laughs> Specific, yeah, that's such a good way to put that question. I think, mm, what am I going to say? I love so many songs on this record. I think the one that I'm going to give a shout out to is... Erase Me, which is the Jacob Collier track um, Mm -hmm. because I have used that as a vocal production reference a lot um, in writing sessions, being like, look how like beautifully intimate and up close this vocal is. And I think that the production on this record is so classy and there's all of this space and you can hear everything going on and you just can hold on to every lyric and be in this like eerie space of like being held in anticipation, I suppose, because the production is so subtle and that's what makes it so powerful. Um, and I feel like this song does that really well because it has this like build throughout the whole song, but just those opening verses and just the subtle harmonies. And I grew up in a community choir, so I'm very obsessed and nerdy (laughs) when it comes to harmonies, especially like the ones that they do in this particular song. Um, and they're both nerds. Like you can tell Jacob and like, (laughs) you know, that's the thing. And it's just, it's a perfect song. I really love the bass in this song as well. I, uh, yeah, I can't fault it. That's the one I'm going to shout out today. I think, cause I, I did go back to that one a lot. I can appreciate that answer. I think that firstly it does speak to a fellow choir nerd. Yep. I very much get uh, (laughs) the appeal of those harmonies and in those bridges. Um, I, what was it, the, whatever the Apple Music equivalent of Spotify wrapped is, uh, came out today mm. and that was my number one most played track. So I will agree that that track no is... No way! Yes, yes. So <laughs> That's crazy. If that track, if you take yeah. away anything from listening to this podcast, listen to that track. Um, Greta, there is some exciting uh, events still on for yourself this year. There is a Christmas show for yourself next week in Sydney uh, I believe it's for yes. Charlie Collins and Carla Weeb uh, featuring other people like Maddie and 
Charlie, um, what can you kind of tell us about? Uh, we'll make sure we put all the details in the show notes, but what can you advise fans of is going to happen at this show? I can't say much. I just can <laughs> encourage that everyone buys tickets. There's a lot of people involved. And I think when you have, if you look at the lineup, like, you know, and a lot of us are, are very close friends. And so I think it's going to be a very fun night. Um, there's just going to be lots of singing and a good Christmas spirit in the air. And I'm just excited to <laughs> kind of hang out with all of my friends and watch them sing because everyone's just so immensely talented in that group. I love Carla and Charlie so much. Um, yeah. And it'll be nice to be back in that venue as well. That's where I did my, my headline show in Sydney this year. So um, I'm very excited. I think it will be super special. I am sure that it is, as you mentioned, that lineup is incredible. So anyone in Sydney, please get along to the, I believe it's the Holiday Hoedown at Oxford Art Factory, but we'll include all the details in the show notes. But um, Greta, thank you very much for coming onto the podcast to chat about Lizzie McAlpine. Oh, you're very, very welcome. I'm so happy to hear that it is the number one pick of this year because I just think it's such a brilliant record. That is Lizzie McAlpine with Erase Me featuring Jacob Collier off of our number one record for the year. It is five seconds flat and it was simply a record that we just didn't stop playing in 2022 and would highly recommend everyone to check out. We had Lizzie on the podcast this year um, as well as some other artists that appeared in this list like Charlie Hickey, Sly Withers, Muna and Barty Strange. They are all available wherever you get your podcasts now. We would love to say a huge thank you to all of our guests for our first annual best of episode. So hopefully we'll, we'll do this again, all again next year. Um, but we want to say a massive thank you to Alexia, whose debut single Fern is out now. Please go stream it. Chuck it a vote for the Hottest 100. It is a brilliant piece of songwriting. Uh, thank you to Siobhan Cotchen, who currently has her single How Does It Feel out now. She's still got some tour dates for this year, which we'll include in the show notes. Uh, we want to say a massive thank you to Sam Blivich from Sly Withers. They have just announced an acoustic tour for next year, which you'll also find the details in the show notes. And lastly, but definitely not least, Miss Greta Ray, friend of the pod who is performing at the Holiday Hoedown later this week. Once again, we'll make sure that all details for all of our guests are in the show notes. Additionally, we do want to say uh, a huge thank you, give a huge shout out to Harry, Dan, Shari and Miriam for their help with this podcast and making everything happen today. These are just some of the brilliant people that we work with every week to bring these incredible guests to you, to your to your headphones, to your wherever you're listening to. So a massive thank you to them and all of the publicists, agents, managers, PR teams, artists, whoever that we've worked with this year. We want to say a massive thank you to you. Um, Lastly, I want to say a massive thank you that is so large in scope, I don't think I can even kind of articulate it. It is to my wife, Quinn, who allows me to turn our office into a podcast studio and doesn't complain when I'm editing into the late hours of the evening. So thank you very much to her. We will be back in mid-Jan with uh, some incredible guests, which I'm so excited about. Um, but until then, please enjoy your holiday period. Stay safe. 
Take care of each other and we will do this all again next year. We're going to leave you with one last track from Five Seconds Flat, uh, which is our number one record of the year. So this is Lizzie McAlpine with Orange Show Speedway. Last time I was here, you were with me. I fell in love at the Orange Show Speedway. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns